This podcast is brought to you in association with Niyogi Books. Welcome back to the Kitabi Karwan podcast. Today I have with us Vasanthi, one of the leading writers and columnists from Tamil Nadu. She's been the editor of the Tamil edition of India Today for over 10 years and has published 30 novels, 6 short story collections and 4 volumes of journalistic articles. She's also written a very popular biography on Jai Lalita, Rajnikanth and Karunanidhi. Today I'm going to talk to her about her latest collection of short stories published by Niyogi Books titled Ganga's Choice and Other Stories. It's an intense collection of short short stories dealing with issues faced by ordinary people and the strength they exercise while carrying out regular decisions which may seem plain vanilla to us but are actual difficult choices these people are making in their day-to-day life. Without taking anything away from the short stories, let's jump right into the interview. Hello Vasanthi ma'am and uh, uh, welcome to uh, the Kitabi Karwan podcast. I'm so glad to have you uh, today. Um uh, it's been uh, it's been a really interesting experience reading your book because uh, and I must admit this is a fault I possess and I think it goes without saying for a lot of people in metropolitan cities who have grown up in English speaking schools uh, that they do not really interact a lot more with uh literature that's written in regional languages or other languages actually regional languages are actually an incorrect way of call uh, talking about those languages uh and uh, such translations allow us access into a very different world because i believe languages give you an insight into a very interesting culture which probably you might not be exposed to so uh reading your work was uh, very interesting so uh just to kick off the interview if i could ask you to describe ganga's choice and this this particular collection of short stories in maybe 1 minute how would you go about it what would be your summary or your description of this book no i have been um, wanting to bring out such a collection for a long time you know but then i was so preoccupied with my other works and all that i just couldn't get the time during the pandemic you know because uh, of the lockdown and all the things that were going around and all uh, we couldn't go out we couldn't do much and then it was very depressing and during the time i was wondering why i shouldn't take up the this kind of i mean trying to bring out a collection the the stories that you see in this collection uh, were written during a period of time it was not i mean just one collection written uh, at one period of time it was in the course of several years you know during the course of several years but then i picked these stories that i like you know i thought uh, must reach to a uh, an audience that is not aware of uh, what the regional writers write Right. you see translation is very important it is a vehicle to reach you otherwise you wouldn't know what i write about and also you will have a kind of a glimpse of uh, the culture that is beyond the vindhyas if i can say so isn't it of course i have written about other areas as well about the this for example the line of control Mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, that steering wheel that happens in the uh, us and so there are certain stories like that but then the 
cultural ethos is mainly of the south mm -hmm. uh, so um, i thought you know something uh, that um, gives a kind of an indirect message mm -hmm. um, something humane something that will connect to the values you know basic values basic values basic human values are all same all over the world and um, so it only has to i mean we express it in different languages and different ways and different formats but then the basic is the same isn't it so uh, that is how i thought i will bring out a collection like this and then uh, the as i told you this was uh, written over a period of time and i selected these stories mm -hmm. and i Uh, yeah, I started uh, the uh, job of uh, finding out translators, and then, but then, when the translation came to me, I worked on them also quite a great deal because I'm familiar with the language, uh, English <laughs> language. <laughs> but, ma'am, uh, that actually brings me into one of my other questions, which I was going to get to, but I'm glad we got there earlier. So. because you were familiar with the language itself why did you not go about doing the translating on your own why did you decide to have a external translator if i may ask that is a good question i have translated one story mm -hmm. the dance of gods i have translated you see um, translating yourself is quite a tedious affair you know because you have to you know it's very difficult to go back to those the atmosphere the intensity with which you right. wrote the story you right. know to uh, relive those emotions right. uh, you know the same kind of intensity is very difficult to go through and besides you know during the period i can write another story a mm. fresh story so right. if i give it to a translator the translator gives me a structure Isn't it? I mean, if it, uh, if uh, the person is very good, I mean, as an experienced translator, I have no work at all. I don't need to do anything over that. But the Sukanya Venkatraman is a uh, is new to translation, but she was very eager. She was very eager. She lives in the U.S. and she was very eager to translate. And someone recommended her name, so I asked her to translate. they were fairly good but then i had to work quite a lot uh, over the translations to bring out the nuances you know she right. may not be exactly what i was getting at like the the bit that you mentioned you started off by saying that you know it's difficult to go back to the emotions that you felt while writing the book uh, or yeah. the or the story but i think that's one more step that gets often gets lost for the translator right when I mean, who better than the writer herself to kind of capture the emotions she was feeling when she was writing something but i do understand where you're coming from and i think that's a perennial battle all of us will always have with translation um is it ever possible to truly capture the essence of a story or like a novel or anything that's been translated uh by any translator because there's always i mean as the saying goes lost in translation right 
there is something that always gets going but i'm glad that you had an opportunity to go over the translation and even correct it because oh, that translation is a very difficult job it is absolutely very absolutely so uh that it has reached you means that it has succeeded to a certain extent isn't it Ab- absolutely ma'am and i think and that is uh, it's it's a very fine line to walk and i think the, the translator has done a superb job here it's always uh, a very interesting area to explore and i that's a question that always uh, stays on my mind that uh, so i've uh, i've read a lot of uh, translations from japan right once when with the rise of murakami in, in popular literature and you always had uh, gabriel garcia marquez whose work was but ever since i started thinking about it i'm always under the conundrum whether i am reading whether i'm actually reading about japanese culture or am i reading the translator's perspective of japanese culture right that is that layer actually hindering something and that's i think always uh, going to be something in Uh, a bridge that we have to cross when we get there uh, but ma'am i'll take a step back and come to the content of uh, your book and your short stories because something that i experienced while reading them was uh, they were quite direct and blunt i mean they were they did not mince their words while describing things they were poetic but they did not mince words at all uh, there were times when i had goosebumps while reading certain stories uh, imagining what was happening uh, and i think that was an excellent uh, way of communicating with the reader but uh, did you ever feel uh, a certain sense of pressure while uh, writing these stories in terms of uh, leading to say more cheerful conclusions because that's something that i noticed that uh, as well written as the stories are uh, they don't nec- not all of them end on a very positive note they end on they might end on a scary note or might leave you uh, just slightly maybe not disturbed not the correct word but slightly unsettled maybe so was that a deliberate choice you made or uh, or maybe was there any pressure on you internally not even from anyone else but just to kind of uh, write in a particular manner um <laughs> many people ask me this but it is not deliberate or uh, nor was there any pressure but the thing is you know you i can i cannot explain it to you whether if you uh, if you will believe me the story writes itself you know the end comes on its own uh, for instance uh, uh, in the story tef- uh, testimony mm-hmm. testimony the story builds up you know the momentum builds up to certain uh, to such a height that you expect the girl to reveal what happened the reveal the truth but then uh, my story didn't end that way finally she backs out she succumbs to the pressures i mean so many they are all it is a murderous kind of a pressure around her and there are only and even the judge asks if uh, the remaining members are only her mother and her brother are they only the two that remain in your family that hits her hard and so she at that moment she says that uh, she has nothing to say and whatever she had said was a lie and all that 
Some people asked me why I ended the story like that. But the story had to end that way, you know. I put her in, I put myself in her place and then I wondered if I, what I would do. Supposing somebody says, this is a, if you say something against us, uh, we will see that you don't have even these people left out in your family. And so she doesn't want to lose that. She doesn't want to lose the, her, that security circle that she has known. And so I felt that I would also back out. And the story wrote itself, the end came on its own. That, that's what happens to many of my stories. It is not a deliberate attempt to finish the story that way, but then, then after I, the story finishes and I read again, then I feel this would be the best way to end the story. Yeah. That is how it is. Yeah. yeah, I know. But there is always a hope, you know, there is a ray of hope hidden in all these things. There is something yeah. humane. Because the very fact that she fights inside herself, the against the injustice, how she rages against the injustice done to her family, that itself is a kind of an awakening of the soul, isn't it? Yes, exactly. It's a kind of an awakening. Right. So that is there in everything, even in the dance of gods. That woman, you know, she um, she ends her life. That is the that is uh, you know all suicides. Uh, Psychiatrists say uh, suicides are the result of a uh, anger. It is because of an anger inside, anger against the community, against society, against someone. And this woman has a raging fury inside her at the kind of uh, injustice done to women by the community. The men are not even conscious of what they are doing. And so it is a kind of a betrayal. They suspect her and they, the husband says, I can't protect you. And so it is, um, that is the only way by hurting herself, she shows her anger against the society. So I feel there is a humane thing. There is something to learn about. You, you, you Something to say that you have to rethink, reinvent your mythologies. Those people are living in this, in the mythic age. Right. They, they say they are the descendants of the Pandavas. And so she, is a, she has to behave like Draupadi, Panchali. Right. No, I, I, I have been to that village. I have been to that village. I have right. seen it. Right. Of course, I, my story is my own, but <laughs> this is how the society is there till today. Right. Um, Ma'am, because, uh, and that's something I couldn't help but think of, that your stories are actually about humans rather than superhumans, you know, uh, because when we read stories of struggle and uh, people suffering about things, and you find people taking bold steps or steps that, you know, set them free, or they're fighting against society, or even the most basic example, the first one we started off with, testimony, where, you know, the superhuman story would have been, yes, she stood up to everyone and, you know, gave the testimony and was this brave person who could stand up to her oppressors. 
but the fact of life is actually a little different and it is exactly in line with what you're saying that people tend to have a lot more human reactions about things and uh, i think that's also a part great part of literature that it allows you to reflect on how things are and take those little rays of hope from your interpretations of it uh, and ma'am coming to my next question which you so- somewhat bit uh, mentioned a bit right now when you mentioned that you went to that village and seen that society but a lot of the stories talk about things which you know a person can either learn through research or through personal experiences or hearing accounts so what was it for you uh, was there a research involved in terms of like uh, looking up these things or were you basing your stories on accounts that you've heard of or i don't know was some of the stories stemming from personal experiences or family experiences what was it all writers write i mean um, you know from their own experience or lived in experiences of uh, what they see what they have heard what they have um, seen basically and uh, i have been a journalist also you see i was the editor of uh, india today tamil edition for nearly 10 years in chennai and i have never been in tamil nadu for a stretch of a period because i grew up in karnataka i was born in born and brought up there and i never lived in tamil nadu though paradoxically i was a tamil writer from the beginning and uh, still this opportunity was a great one for me you know this uh, 10 years sojourn in tamil nadu i went to all corners of tamil nadu at that time rural areas and all that to do stories recall stories all the articles written in magazines we call them stories i went to do certain stories to see about female infanticide and then a, a large family which had 145 members something very strange i thought i will write about the family so when i went there to all these villages there was something new for me i have never seen so i have never been to such rural areas before i am a urbanite basically grew up in bangalore and lived in delhi and then went to it to chennai and so i have never been to all these rural areas and this was something it told me a different story of women the pressures the patriarchal pressures they were under and how they were uh, frustrated because they could not get away from all of them and i wondered i mean i could sense their anger and frustration when i because i have been a creative writer from the beginning so i could see them as a, a creative writer like a storyteller but after coming back from all those tours i would just write sociological stories for the magazine and all these memories of images stayed in my subconscious and uh, later they were born as uh, short stories they were all lived in experiences actually right okay so uh, ma'am just uh, i have one quick question for you uh which sort of slightly deviates from the topic but it just popped in my head so i have to ask this uh so hypothetically if you couldn't write right for example you mean you've been a journalist and you've been a very creative writer all your life but if you if i take that away if i take away the 
possibility of you being a writer which other art form do you think you would have expressed yourself in i don't know i used to sing i can sing but okay. not any more then you know dance music and all i've learned okay but then it is only when writing i feel the complete satisfaction you know right that is a, i i would even paint okay uh, but then uh, it is in writing that I, that i find my full satisfaction so right. i really can't say Yeah. maybe i could be a i am a storyteller basically <laughs> right okay so ma'am but okay this is something that i have generally noticed and in most cases it's true uh where and it, it's just a narrative that i like to believe in that uh, most writers are also voracious readers so is that yeah. true in your case as well are you yeah. or do you uh, like read yeah from being very young i used to read a lot mm-hmm. you know even when i was in class 8 i had finished reading jane austen and bronte sisters and alexander dumas and all that i mean at one go charles dickens and all that so i keep reading a lot so that is a great help it is also a learning process you know of course i we can see how the others write and all of course you cannot right. copy anybody <laughs> i mean each one has a unique style and all right um, so i am at the moment i am reading salman rushdie's uh, he shot okay. and uh, so it's so funny so funny he, <laughs> his english is so beautifully funny Absolutely. so i cannot even imagine that i can write such a prose okay. so yeah But, writers are readers yes so ma'am i mean you 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 would have had the great opportunity of exploring a vast body of literature throughout your life so have were there any books in particular that stood out for you i mean the ones which i won't ask you to name your top 5 or top 10 books or favorite books but books that really impacted you as a person maybe shaped your journey as a writer or kind of really uh, shaped your moral fabric uh, fabric or i know books that have just stood the test of time for you once i was very moved many years ago about uh, this book on cry my beloved country you know so uh, this kind of a books sometimes shake you from right. inside so otherwise i like all kinds of uh, books i mean all uh, most of the booker prize books and all i like to read and all that i cannot um, at once name what are the books now but then this uh, cry the beloved country stands out in my memory i wept when i read it okay. so i always think whenever there are happenings here human rights violations and all that that uh, hating of the book always comes to me cry my beloved country right so. ma'am and i have another question for you because again you straddle this very unique world of uh, writing both in tamil and understanding the english language enough to work on your own translation and writing in it so this is something that has started happening that happens across uh, languages and genres where 
there is a certain elitism to certain kinds of literature right i mean certain kind of literature like something like rashti or arundhati roy are generally regarded as literature while you would have a lot more, while as storytellers there are a lot more books which are written in simpler language uh maybe difficult less difficult sentence structures more uh the english is more simplified or the language is generally more simplified and the story is appeals directly to the people and people look down on such books or such forms of uh literature for various reasons so do you think it's to an extent justified or do you think that this is actually a form of uh i don't know a very dif- very elite form of discrimination what what what's your take on this yeah i i feel personally feel there is space for everyone okay. there is space i because people are of different strata they have different tastes people in general have different tastes and well, there was one you know the elitist group that um, um discouraged pop culture and uh, they said it was something demeaning and uh, not up to the mark and it has to be rejected people some they in tamil nadu also there was a group literary group that rejected pop culture and then popular writers and popular writing and all that but i think there is space for everyone in this world and then uh, if someone likes only arundhati roy very well then let them read arundhati but there is there are also others who those every book has got its space i think uh, nothing can be i mean you cannot uh, say that this is inferior or that is superior everything has got everything has got a niche isn't it okay. so i don't uh, say that it is wrong i mean uh, something inferior there is nothing inferior or superior of course there are i mean literature superior literature is always there that is set apart Right. it is not to the taste of everyone isn't it right so everyone's taste has to be catered to right so ma'am again just we're heading towards the end of this interview and i have a quick of quick couple questions for you uh is there any particular uh, writer in tamil or in english or any other language uh maybe a newer writer which has caught your eye whose work seems very interesting to you and that person appears to have a great future ahead of them is there anything that you've come across in the past 5 10 years that's there are plenty of writers there are plenty of writers now yeah. younger generation uh, in tamil also you know uh, because of uh, the reservation that came very early in tamil nadu a lot of uh, writers from the backward community from the dalit community have all come up there is one imam he writes very well and so there are several others and so uh, it is a very good time for uh, writing i think <laughs> i cannot That's... i mean i cannot keep naming people to the i mean the, that would be like to the exclusion of others or also right. their whose work i am not very familiar with it's not okay. fair fair enough ma'am no and and i'm i'm glad you mentioned that it's a great time to be writer because that brings us to the last question of the interview uh what's next from your uh, hands that we could be seeing soon is there another collection of short stories or maybe a novella novel anything that's coming up 
and maybe I'll write some short stories and novels and all that. Do you know I have uh, written a number of books in English? Yes. Just um, biographies I've written. Mm-hmm. Biographies on Jayalalitha, on Karunanidhi, on Rajinikanth. I've written about five books in English. Penguin, Aleph, and Jagarnot uh, have published. Okay. So they are there. They are many people are still asking me to write some biographies but i said no thank you because <laughs> it's a very very difficult job right. because you don't please anyone first of all the subject you don't please the subject you are writing about of course after all your uh, work that is the name you get in the end you know jayalalitha took me to court she <laughs> did you know that No, I had no idea, ma'am. I had no idea about this. Penguin uh, asked me to write a book on her, and so, but she wouldn't give me any interview at all, date for interview. Right. But then, uh, first, I didn't want to write about her. But then, are you running short of time? No, no, ma'am. We have time. Please don't worry about that. So I started writing. It was very difficult because it was very difficult to trace back to her. past association and even the later bureaucrats who were associated with her they were so scared of talking to me because right. though she was not in power at that time when i was writing because they were scared that uh, she may come back to power which she did of course <laughs> uh, it was very difficult to write her book but somehow i managed to gather enough material and uh, i wrote the book and then she got wind of it because outlook brought out a cover story on my book okay. calling it the untold story of jayalalitha <laughs> she without reading the book when it was about to be released two to three days prior to the release she went to court and uh, brought an injunction to the book oh. book please so the injunction went on and on the penguin fought the case but then you know with jailalta back in power even the courts were not very favorable towards <laughs> person like me so you know they were all kind of she was so powerful so penguin realized that it was fruitless to fight against such power and so backed out but it is only after her death you know sadly the injunction was lifted and then the book was updated and penguin brought the book here uh, you know it is called the, this is the book all right right the loan correct the, the loan empress so it is very difficult i wrote uh, on karunanidhi also but there was no case uh, and then uh, I wrote a book on Rajinikanth. Alif brought, so <laughs> right. this man, this man also didn't give me any interview. Oh, they are all so worried, you know. They right. don't want me to write and be written against them, you know. But that is how it is. So no more biographies. So I'll go back to my short stories and. Novelas, which, which well, well, I think I think it's our loss that I mean we're losing out the, on more biographies from you. But in a way, our gain also that your short story we we'll get to read more of your short stories. 
thank you so much ma'am for doing this and thank you for liking my stories and then to me thank you thank you